0: Before you can create a healthy relationship with others, you first have to create a healthy relationship with yourself. Welcome to Let's Talk About It with your host, Dr. Janie Lacey. Janie is a nationally respected psychotherapist, and on this show, she and her featured guests will help you discover and break patterns in your life that can contribute to self-sabotage and unhealthy relationships. Now, here is Dr. Janie Lacey. A
1: love of your life, your soulmate. Your yin to your yang, your life partner, that special someone. Whether most admitted or not, many are seeking to find that perfect companion. We crave having someone by our side who will love us through our moments of imperfection and journey with life with us. We've seen enough romantic movies and fantasize about it in our minds, so it must be possible, right? Today we are being graced by one of the top experts. She is an internationally acclaimed matchmaker for high achieving men and the quality women they're searching for. She's also renowned TV personality with decades of experience and tireless enthusiasm for online dating and high-end matchmaking, Carmelia Ray. Carmelia is the go-to attraction expert when elite singles are ready to find, attract, and connect with Mr. or Mrs. Right.
2: Welcome to the show, Carmelia Ray. Hi, thank you for having me. Can you do all my intros? (laughs) That was great. Absolutely, absolutely. You know,
1: Carmelia, love is no fairy tale, so... You can stop looking for the perfect 10 who fulfills all of our qualifications. As I'm reminded of the nursery rhyme, patty cake, patty cake, baker's man, bake me a cake as fast as you can, <laughs> pat it and roll it and mark it with a B, put it in the oven for a baby and me. <laughs> it is possible, however, to find someone to stand by your side, brave the messiness of the world and help you experience life to its fullest potential. So let's dive in with our superstar matchmaker, Carmelia. Let's get down to business because you know what? Inquiring minds are waiting with bating breath to know what's your secret sauce <laughs> to attract true, long-lasting, real
2: love. Oh my gosh. I have to answer that in one sentence. <laughs> <laughs> you know, there really is, th- there's so much to that sauce, but I would have to say, Anybody who's looking to have success in any part of their lives needs to have a plan, a strategy, a vision, clarity. Most of the singles that I happen to work and uh, work with and support are busy entrepreneurs and C-level executives. So they are top-level professionals that are managing a lot of responsibility. They are leaders in their workplace or leaders in the world uh, up to really big things and they don't go around life or business uh, haphazardly and doing the trial and error sometimes. I mean, a lot of risk takers and entrepreneurs do have the trial and error approach. Oops, that didn't work. I would not advise that for your dating life and for your love life to go around in trial and error form, right? It's very uh, intentional. It's purposeful. When I'm working with private clients, we get really clear down to what is your partner reading? What is your partner, um, you know, doing on their free time? Who are their friends? What activities are they participating in? Who do they hang out with? And, and where, what restaurants do they go to? What activities or, or, or um, you know sporting events or whatever, cultural things, are they uh, involved in so that you can, uh, if you're looking to connect with them, find a way to make that connection that's organic. If you're looking to connect with someone organically, and in other cases, you know, if you right now with the pandemic, um, so many people are having to resort to and use dating apps. I'm not even going to say resort. I'll, 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 I'll take that back. <laughs> They're using dating apps. Some people think, oh my gosh, I got to do this online dating thing. And so many people who've, who were avoiding online dating, I mean, during the pandemic in the early parts. That's all you had, right? Like, so you got to get with the program, and 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 not just your uh, online dating presence. It's also just your digital presence. How are you showing up in the world? How are you showing up on LinkedIn? How are you showing up on Instagram or Facebook? Any place that someone can see your face and uh, hear your voice or get inside of your mind, your world is an opportunity for them to be attracted to you. In fact, Janie, I think, I forget how we were connected, but there's been an attraction with our brands. I like your stuff, you like my stuff. We have mutual friends. We interview mutual people. We have a great respect for one another in that way. And and we're in this circle together because we have similarity. And, and if I were single, I would also be looking at places where I can fit in or or find the opportunities to present myself so that I'm not sitting at home. Because guess what? Your man, your woman, your partner isn't knocking on your door, (laughs) unfortunately. Unless I'm knocking on your door, then he's knocking on your door. So (laughs) Or she. He or she.
1: Yes. You know, I, you and I actually got connected by being in the same tribe of Paul Brunson. I think it was probably maybe a couple years ago or maybe it was two years ago. Were you so in that were
2: Mastermind maybe? Yes. Yes. Okay. That's exactly. And I not remember surprised. You were, we we not were supposed surprised. to do a
1: small project and you were so sick at that time. I, I remember that, but um, but yeah, the good old Paul Brunson. Yes. But you know, what there I'm you hearing know. you say is how they show up not only in the world, but how they're showing up in their life. What's the action versus their word? And I think that's important for people to, to hear. Who are their friends? What? Are they reading just what encompasses them as a person
2: <laughs> 100% 100% it's not just looking at you know where where do you find people well you find people living life most successful entrepreneurs and business owners they they get up they get dressed they go to work they have to feed their kids if they have children they have to go to the gym if they care about their body they got to eat they got to go to the grocery store so they're living their life and so if you're living your life but you're not, um, you know, opening your eyes to what's possible. And by that, it means, you know, maybe staying off your phone when you're in a public space, maybe um, using your, your um, body language and and your eye contact to engage and to ask questions to that person, that stranger. And so many times, Janie, people have met other people just through Introducing themselves or through that third connection, you know, Paul. I know Paul. Well, guess, and Paul's a matchmaker too, or was a <laughs> former matchmaker. So, w- w- when you have that matchmaker mentality, it is the mentality of wanting to connect with people, being curious about the person, finding out. It's like the first thing I'm going to is looking at that ring finger are they single or not? Right? So, I'm always scoping the room and trying to figure out who in the room is somebody that I can connect with as a single person. And then from a business perspective, who in the room is someone that might know somebody that can connect me to the kind of clients that I'm looking to meet and, and um, work with. And including for my specific clientele, when someone hires me, they're literally hiring me to be their eyes and ears of sorts and to be on the lookout for them. And so that's where I'm trained to be on the lookout.
1: You know, there were so many people that were very, very excited that I was gonna have you on tonight. So I collected some questions from okay. some uh, women that um, and men, but um, I wanna ask you a few questions um, from some social media. So Christina wrote, as a professional woman who would love a lifetime companion with a respectable solid man, these days, that's even uh, near impossible due to commitment phobia in America, in American culture.
2: How can we overcome this? That is a great question. And if you hear the question, she has a belief about that already, right? When we think about well about that belief, or how do we overcome this scenario? Now it might be very true that in her experience, she's meeting these non-committal guys, and we always know that we attract what we think most of. And, and it's almost like counterintuitive that we want to avoid these types, but then we keep attracting them. So part of that is, is really coming from the space of abundance. There are lots of great men. There are, there are, men that want commitment. I need to figure out where those men are. I'm this kind of woman. I'm out there. Therefore he's out there. So use resources, ask for help, get curious, put yourself, work with a matchmaker or a coach or a dating site, like whatever that is. It doesn't even have to be me, somebody in your area, somebody you trust. Maybe it's your best friend Maybe it's your banker. Maybe it's your, 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 your siblings, your brother, your mother, whoever. I was on a show called Mom Versus Matchmaker. So guess what? Moms had to go and find matches for their children. And in order to do that, they had to know, what are you looking for? Mm-hmm. So nobody can be a better matchmaker, in my opinion, than yourself when you're intentional about it. Time is really the biggest uh, crutch for a lot of professionals because they don't have the time to, in, to invest in their dating life. So that can be challenging. But I really think part of that um, hurdle to overcome is the belief that there are men out there. And And, and let's start with that. And then if there are men out there, where, again, back to that old question, what are they doing? Who are they hanging out with? What are the restaurants they're going to? What books are they reading? Who can I ask? Make that list of of potential connections so that you can start putting yourself out there and being in those kinds of places. And if you don't know where they are, start to get curious about it.
1: So then as a matchmaker, is it reasonable to have someone make a list of what they would want in that potential partner and then um, look at the places that would be on that list? Like to your example, what types of food they like get down to that type of detail?
2: Not only is it reasonable, it's essential. Like it, it's definitely essential. For example, you may not be the, the flying in first class, you may not be staying at the Ritz Carlton. I mean, it that doesn't mean like some of my clients are at those establishments, and other clients are not there, they're at a, a different location, or they're golfing, or they're attending um seminars or yoga retreats or meditation classes. Whatever it is that that is an interest-based and lifestyle-based activity that will draw them to that person are all, you know, viable opportunities for them to create just to get out of the house, right? Get out of the house, get out of your comfort zone. That's the other thing, Janie, approaching, even as a matchmaker, people sometimes say, oh, it's so easy. I do sometimes get nervous and I do have to kind of psych myself up and there's three attractive you know, executive guys or, or, or women. And I'm like, how do I break that clan? What am I going to say? What's the witty thing I got to do? So I challenge myself always to be in scenarios where I have to get a little bit uncomfortable.
1: So get uncomfortable. Yes. <laughs> and there, there's another uh, really good question from Madonna. She's asking, she said, everyone knows that marriage is a process and you have to keep working on it. So with that being said, what do women do if they married Mr. Right and he turned out to be Mr. Wrong? I know many, many situations like this is what she's saying.
2: Ah, uh, great question. Well, you know, I'm always a fan of subscribing to professional help. And if if you married the wrong person, well, you probably want to get a mediator or or a divorce lawyer or a therapist, a family therapist, right? Because sometimes what we believe are problems that are unique to us in the marriage may actually just be, a, it's, it's not a we problem, it's a me problem. <laughs> we always wanna look at ourselves first and think about what can we do? What perspective can we change? Have we done everything to rectify the situation? And if you are have found out that it was Mr. Wrong, then give yourself a time frame to make sure you deal with that situation.
1: I like that. Go to a good therapist <laughs> who can help you um, understand if you're really looking at the wrong things or if it's really some projection. Um, real, r- very good advice. And then we have Brenda who writes, people confuse infatuation and love when they first meet a woman or a man thinking you've met the person of your dream and your prince charming or queen has arrived to sweep you off your feet only to overlook or ignore all the red flags, hoping you can change a person. She says, Carmelia, dear, please spill the tea as we sip on your wisdom for advice.
2: (laughs) Oh my goodness. Um, Are we going on break? I I saw a, yeah. Okay, Okay. So I think the, the, The the situation with lust versus love is that you don't ignore those signs. You have to have a confidant or your best friend or caring person to be there and snap you out of it. If you're doing this thing on your own, you're going to make all kinds of mistakes. So that's why it's really great to have a coach. And again, if you don't use a professional coach, make sure you're checking in with somebody so that you're not looking at things with rose colored glasses And also be very clear on your boundaries. If somebody's overstepped those boundaries, there are deal breakers. So don't compromise on your deal breakers. And with that being said,
1: we're going to come back and talk more about those deal breakers after a quick break. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit facebook.com forward slash voice America.
0: Are you often attracted to unavailable partners? Feel like you can't stay but can't leave a toxic relationship? Obsessed with thinking about a current or former lover? Feel resentful that you're always taking care of the other person? The Woman Redeemed Therapy Program is for women who want to break free from toxic relationship patterns so they can find the love they truly deserve. This program is a safe, nurturing environment, essential for building self-worth and acquiring the tools to work through challenges and create your best self. We invite you to begin the journey today to start building the new you. Call 407-622-1770 or visit LifeCounselingSolutions.com. That's LifeCounselingSolutions.com. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. You are listening to Let's Talk About It with Dr. Janie Lacey. To reach the show today, please call into 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to Janie at LifeCounselingSolutions.com. Now back to Let's Talk About It.
1: Well, we are back with the one of the top matchmakers in the world. And uh, she was just spilling some tea about those red flags. <laughs> so I want to welcome you back to the show, um, Carmelia. And I want to ask you, this is a common question um, that I get as a therapist. So I'm wondering what your Uh, thoughts are as a matchmaker. You know, what are some of the top signs that indicate that someone needs to stay in the single lane and not date for a little while longer before turning down that dating street? What do you see?
2: Well, uh, a very big indicator is if someone's still in their grieving process. And when I say grieving process, for many people, the end of a relationship really feels like death sometimes. Like, you, 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 you're not in the space emotionally where you can be present with the person in front of you. If you find yourself, you know, often sort of still in the, um, the negative emotions that are attached with a breakup or, um, you know, a falling out or just a bad past, so to speak, we talk about toxic relationships, or I just saw your show about dating a narcissist, like you need some time to recover. So if you're using your dates as a sounding floor to vent and to talk about the things that are not working for you, and it just feels like a therapy session, that's a very big indicator that you're not ready. Another indicator where uh, it's a good sign for you to think it's not the right time is if there's a lot of anxiety around dating, there's a lot of fear and you're constantly in your self-talk, just unclear. Like, I don't know if I'm doing it right. I don't know if I'm saying it right. I don't know what I should be doing. So if you're really uncertain, that's a clear sign that you need support and that you're not in the right mind frame. It should really be positive. You should, sure, there's fear, there's some anxiety, but where it's it's a constant um, dealing with these emotions at lots of emotional highs and lows, uh, that would be a time for you to really work on self.
1: So it should be fun and not stressful. (laughs) It
2: should be fun and not stressful. And certainly there will be stress, but that's just the normal stress of dating. You shouldn't be overwhelmed or consumed with stress.
1: So then with that being said, another, um, and I'm sure a lot of people that are probably tuning in on Facebook behind the scenes are 35 and older. So is it truly, you know, we hear all these different types of, um, conversations around someone that has been married or back on the dating scene later in life. Is it truly more difficult for those over 35 to find a
2: healthy mate? You know, I would almost even argue it's, it's, it's harder for younger people, (laughs) (laughs) I don't think, I think it's challenging all around. I There are certain pockets where it becomes challenging. And in fact, maybe uh, seniors might think it's more challenging because depending on the city you're in, there really is an imbalance in number of how many single available men are there, how many single available women are there. I I come from a space where I believe, and I'm not being idealistic, I think there's someone for everyone and with the right attention and focus and help, you'll be able, I think everybody can go on a date, no problem. Seeking a life partner, that takes time. And there is, there is you shouldn't pressure yourself to fit a certain box or to force yourself to find this partner. It will happen in time. Mindset is very key. Intentionality is key. And focus. Again, you cannot be successful in any area of your life if you are focused on The wrong things, or if you're not focused on it at all. So, no, I tend to disagree that it's challenging over 35. Where it becomes truly challenging in the matchmaking space is if you're female over 55 and you're having a difficult time connecting with equivalent men in your age range. And that is literally just demographic. It's like the number of guys that are out there men take better care, eat your vegetables, drink your water. We want you around for a long time, so so that's where it becomes super challenging, I think.
1: So if they're over fifty-five, they should be healthy and live their best life
2: <laughs> as much as possible. We're, we're some we're paying for our mistakes at forty-five, but like I mean, get the memo now.
1: <laughs> that is true. They say how you live in your thirties will show up in forties, and how you live in oh, your forties show up in fifties. Hundred percent, I agree. So then, uh, Carmelia, what are some common mistakes that women make on the dating scene? I'm sure a lot of women are going to be listening to this or watching us. Um, what are some of those common mistakes in the matchmaking space that you see um, that women can make when they're on the dating scene or reentering the dating scene?
2: You know, I the, the co- most common mistakes is every, like not every woman, women can get in their own way of their happiness or opportunity because a situation doesn't look the way they want it to look. Or perhaps they're mean, they're not giving opportunities to to men, they should be giving opportunities to. And as a matchmaker, I'm often presenting matches to women that in my mind as a matchmaker, they they tick all the boxes. There's there, they should be a great match, but maybe there's that look. Women are also very feel that they're very intuitive, right? Or that they would know, I just know from the photo, we're not a match. Or I just know men who work in this profession, they are this kind of way. So I definitely see a lot of judgment, a lot of assumption, a lot of triggers that are happening when a behavior that this brand new person in front of them, oh, my ex chewed that way. Oh, my ex said that. Oh, you go, like, it's like, you do this. They make it, they add so much meaning to what somebody does. And that's the biggest mistake. The second thing is, of course, not feeling good enough or not taking those chances. So women are still In modern day, drop, they're not even dropping the handkerchief, Janie. They're not even, they're like bystanders in their love life. They're sitting back, they're waiting for things to happen, they're taking their time. And another huge mistake that I see every day is they put the oxygen mask on everybody else. They are the last to get fed. They are the last to. Uh, invest their money they are the last to prioritize themselves because their kids need it their dad needs it their dog needs it everybody else needs it but them And, and and that's where it becomes a real challenge is people pleasing and giving giving things to other people when they really need to put that oxygen mask on themselves
1: and that's a good point because I always say we don't get from an empty cup. We have to fill our cup, and everyone else gets from the abundance. They get our, you know, they get the abundance. Versus we feed everyone else, and then we still eat last.
2: <laughs> well, JD, some people don't even like. Can I borrow your cup? Like I don't even have a cup. <laughs> <laughs> We're not doing that anymore, ladies. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I love that analogy.
1: You know, another common question that I'll get um, primarily. I have a uh, women redeemed group, and I often will hear about people classifying themselves as alpha females and they feel like as an alpha female, <laughs> so I'm interested to hear your thoughts on this. As an alpha female, it's difficult for them to date, especially in 2020. What would you say to that and about an alpha female um, and they find it difficult to date in today's world?
2: Alpha, first of all, I identify as an alpha female, okay? And in my first marriage, my husband was a beta male but I've always personally been attracted to alpha men and where alpha female, the common challenge with alpha females is that they lead with their alpha in their relationship. And that's where, that's not the place for your relationship. I'm not saying women cannot be assertive. They can't, um, you know, express their point, but men gravitate towards feminine, nurturing, kind human beings they don't want to date their boss and they don't want to date a version of their boss they don't you don't always have to be right like even though there's times even in my career in the past where maybe my income was greater than my partner's income that's not something that i'm going to you know hang on their shoulder or 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 make it known like i'm not leading with my masculinity In fact, I have to challenge myself to be vulnerable. Operating from that feminine, Janie, I'm sure you work with a lot of women on this masculine thing. And as much as men really admire and appreciate, and they actually find confident women very sexy, there is a difference from being confident to caring. It's knowing when to put the hat down and when to wear it. So ladies, being an alpha female does not mean that you get to be the boss in your relationship. And unless you want to be the boss and you find a partner where you can be that way, then don't complain about the guys that you're attracting because you cannot keep or not even keep like attract a man that thinks, man, that's a lot of work. You you hear I'm intimidating. Well, if you believe you're intimidating, guess what? You're going to be intimidating. I deserve this. I deserve that. It's a really about prioritizing what really matters. Does it really matter that the bank account is, a, is, is bigger or, or, or whatever that looks like? So really take a look at how is your alpha nature helping your romantic life or hurting your romantic life? And, and those are the things to be really introspective with.
1: I like that that put your hat <laughs> away. And I also like that and men will respond. I tell women that you can influence your partner through your gentleness and your softness. That aggressive
2: all <laughs> the time.
1: The aggressive being being alpha and being assertive is very different than being aggressive. And and to your point if that's what you want to be and then you keep attracting a doormat. <laughs> Then, um, you know, so we have to make some adjustments and I think the women, when we are alpha and we can make adjustments to me, that is strength, that is courage, that is strength when we can be self-reflective and realize that, cause I also will see, especially in the women redeemed group, the alpha assert, um, aggressive comes from trauma been hurt before. don't want to be hurt again. So completely go to aggression. And then they get the very thing that they fear. I don't want, I want a vulnerable partner, but then I'm telling him every time he's vulnerable, I, they see a sledgehammer, <laughs> right? So we're, we're teaching them that they cannot necessarily trust us. And then it's like the mold behind the wall. It's eventually going to um, Come down. So I um, mm-hmm. totally agree with that. I think you know, when you have insight to your own behavior, and you're self-aware that um, you can be your alpha, and uh, you just know how to adjust to your partner. Because the, if you want an alpha male, and I say a ma- healthy masculine male, then you have to realize that the femininity, uh, that feminine energy, is going to be very attractive.
2: Yeah, there exactly, and and again, it, it always goes back to. You know, and we're generalizing in some cases, Janie, of course, this is not a blanket statement for every single person, but when we're dealing with masculine and feminine, that's not what a man wants to come home to. He's not wanting to come home to that alpha. You know, there's always times for that. And that's, and that's it. It's just really about, and it happens for both sexes. Do you want to be right? Or do you want to be happy? Like just choose which way you want to be and then follow the lead of your partner, If a man feels like you don't need him, even if you don't really need him, he's got to feel a sense of contribution and a sense of importance. He gets that from you. And if his love language is acknowledgement or his love language is acts of service or quality time, assuming women here know about love languages, if you don't, You can do the love languages test by Gary Chapman. My partner says this all the time. I'm a very dominant, strong alpha female that's in the public eye all the time, meeting single eligible wealthy men every day. He has to have a strong sense of security, but I also have to feed him that. And I also have to give him that security. It doesn't just come from his, like he's a human being and he needs to be acknowledged. So that's an example of where you as an alpha woman can do your part in acknowledging your partner, whatever that looks like.
1: I like that analogy. Nobody wants to come home to another boss. (laughs) You could be a boss chick, but understand that a partnership is Well, I mean, (laughs) are you going to the
2: bedroom? Maybe a different story, but like not at the dinner table.
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, that's right. They may want the boss chick to show up in the bedroom. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So you know another um, common question that I'll get, and, uh, and most people want to um, wanted me to ask you this as a matchmaker. What are some of the best places in your experience for someone to meet great potential dates?
2: You know, I always work backwards on a strategy for the best places because the best places is always going to be different based on your lifestyle and your personal situation. If you are a family man uh, or family woman, and you want to meet the single dad. Well, guess get your kids enrolled in that soccer program, in that hockey club, in the crafts place, wherever it is that other single parents will go to, parent night, parent teacher interviews, meetings, like anything that our school functions, anywhere that you can participate in community events, will be the place for you if if that is more your lifestyle. Many other uh, people that when I see happy couples, I'm always where did you meet? How did you guys connect? Because I want to know? So I can kind of duplicate that. So if you're an entrepreneur or a business owner, I've seen so many romantic connections happen from places of learning, from zoom meetings, from webinars, from, um, entrepreneur summits or tech tech summits, whatever it is. Right. So definitely think about what are the commonalities in your lifestyle and interests outside of work that you can meet someone and go there. Theater, gym, sporting events, kids' events, dog, walking your dog, ice cream, food, all those things. There's just so many places.
1: I once heard a speaker say, and I'm wondering your thoughts about this. They talked about going to barbershops, like high end barbershops, because all men need to get haircuts. And they also talked about going to high end car washes because everybody needs, um, uh, their car wash. <laughs> I thought that was interesting.
2: Yeah, I. St- I, I, I mean, um, I listened to Steve Stefan yes, 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 yes. That was a,
1: that exactly.
2: He said, <laughs> "Go to the car. Guys like their cars, so go to the car wash." I've been doing that more often, and I was actually thinking of putting an ad in one of the actual car washes so that, like, it could be there for me. So, definitely look <laughs> at activities that you can meet somebody organically.
1: Absolutely. So in closing, what is the number one best piece of advice that you can give for singles that are listening, that are watching?
2: You're going to think this is so cliche, but honestly, don't give up and don't pause unless you really need a mental break. Like all good things, it takes momentum. It takes energy to really work that, you know, instead of. Um, of of d- deleting your profile, maybe put it on pause. It's a lot of work for you to put all the information in and upload your photos. So just take breaks when you need to, but really put yourself out there and keep challenging yourself to put uh, to be uncomfortable. And and that's it. It's just really never give up. I don't know how many times I've heard I'm done with men. I'm this is it. I it's over. If it doesn't work, I'm taking a break and then. Four years later, I shouldn't have probably taken that break. (laughs) So just, yeah, keep at it, get a support person and just don't give up. So then
1: if somebody wanted to hire you for matchmaking, I mean, where can people find you? And if you can speak, um, you know, real quick about what is matchmaking about for those that are not familiar with matchmaking?
2: Yeah. Well, they can reach me on my website. It's pretty simple. It's carmeliaray.com or on Instagram at carmeliaray. And matchmaking is really just working with a professional who already has a network of singles. Think about it. People are coming to me because they're single. They're raising their hand. I want to be matched and I vet every single person. So like here, Janie, if you were a client or potential client, we'd go through a full interview. I'd get to know you. I'd know your preferences, what you're looking for. So that's what you do when you work with a matchmaker. So we're really recruiters for love on your behalf. That's what a matchmaker does. Introduce you to someone that is outside of your network that you likely would not have met without an introduction.
1: And they don't necessarily have to be in the same city. So if they're open to no. you, your okay
2: I, I'm very much an international matchmaker. I'm based in Toronto, but I just did a match with a Boston client and a Toronto client. He's based in Boston with business in Toronto. She's Toronto. So Post-COVID, they're going to meet up with each other.
1: <laughs> so uh, love has no, no boundaries and no limits. <laughs> Absolutely not. <laughs> well, we certainly want to thank you for your uh, time and your expertise and getting couples and um, singles on the way to coupleship in the best uh, best possible way. Because, you know, dating doesn't have to be hard. <laughs> you know, remember that the best thing you can do right now is look in the mirror and have an honest talk with yourself. And I always say, you want to be able to look at yourself, Carmela, and say, would I date you? You know, I always ask my clients, if you can look in the mirror and say that you would date you and you know the inside and out, you know, all the stuff
2: about you, because then (laughs) you're (laughs) I need a minute, Janie. I need a minute. I'm just kidding. (laughs) That is so great. You are a reflection of what you're attracting. So that I I 100% agree with you. Absolutely.
1: Because sometimes people can look and um, they realize that I'm trying to fill a void versus I'm full- and I'm ready to take this journey with someone else. So if you can look in the mirror and you would say, I would date you and you know all your stuff and honestly can say that because then you are truly ready to start dating. So what we will do, Carmela, maybe we can do a Q&A. Do we have Q&A? Yeah, let's see if we have any uh, questions. But um, in the meantime, I mean, what could someone do if um, they want to start the process of going ahead and. They want to date, but they don't know where to look. Me, I mean, what's those, those initial steps that someone can do?
2: You know, number one, thank you for asking how they can connect with me. And 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 honestly, I'm not the only matchmaker in the world. I'm based in Toronto. That, that doesn't matter. I work with singles all over. But, you know, many people who are listening are not aware. As a matchmaker, I collaborate with so many other matchmakers. So there are... Um, men and women that subscribe to multiple agencies. Now there's agencies that you pay. So you typically will either hire one or two if, if budget is, is open and, 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 and money's flowing and it's okay for you to hire more than one person because matchmaking is an investment as well as coaching then you would hire more than one person. But if you were interested in working with a matchmaker, you would subscribe to their database and you would subscribe to many databases and let the matchmakers know, hey, can I have a coffee with you? Can we meet? Can I I pay for your time? Even if it's an hour, it's better for you to get in front of a matchmaker to know who you are versus, um, you know, you being in the database. So Janie, you know, we've met through Paul, but I feel like this is the best way for us to connect because now I've seen you in person. I've watched your podcast. We, I know you a little bit better. That would have never, that would never happen when you're a single person and people don't know you. That's the other thing is when I talk about sharing my secrets as a matchmaker, well, guess what? If you were looking for guests for the show, what are you going to do? You're going to do a call out. You're going to go on social media. You're going to ask your past guests. You're going to do your research. Same thing. If you're a single person looking for a certain type, where is he going? Who can I ask? Which of my friends are singles? Think of this. What husband do I like? All right. What are his qualities? Does he have a brother, uh, a cousin, a single friends group? friends from high school or college or university, like, think about that. You can approach married people, n- not for that reason, but just to say, <laughs> hey, I want what you have. I, re- I love your partnership. I love your relationship. I, you know, help me find that. And you, some people would think, oh, my God, that's terrifying. I would never put myself out there like that. But why not? In my PR group, one of the, the, the exercises they have if you're looking to get press, think about your top 20 most influential people and people that can actually help you get into the media or exposure or whatever, and then start to make those connections. I think you could apply, and they, they've actually said it's Super Connector Media said they can apply the same principle to your romantic life. So, ladies, start writing that list. Start looking at your social accounts and think, all right, which couple will know other singles or who do I want to meet? Let's, you know, make that connection.
1: (laughs) Very good. So we got another um, question from social media. So Jason is asking, how many people should a person date at one time?
2: Ah, I like that question. So I think you date as many people that you that are manageable enough that you do not uh, mix names and numbers. up. Okay. <laughs> when you cannot remember who you were on a date with or who your next date with, that's a bit of a problem. If you need a spreadsheet to figure out like your dates, that's also an issue. I think it's customary to, to be dating maybe two or three people at a time and, and where that rule changes, because there's no hard and fast rule, Jason. But if you start to become intimate with someone, and as long as you're very clear, once you 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 hit that threshold of intimacy, for some people, it's totally fine to be intimate with more than one partner. We live in, in 2020, so polyamory is acceptable, multiple partner. But if you're a serial monogamist and that doesn't feel comfortable for you and you want that exclusivity. Once you move to that, you date that one person sexually exclusive, and you might date others that you're still deciding whether you want to be, move it to the next level. Clarity is very important, and you need to be respectful to other people and your other partners about that as well.
1: So then you mentioned um, intimacy. So what do you, um, <laughs> finding that comment very uh, entertaining, The spreadsheet, <laughs> <laughs> this um, what do you advise your clients as far as intimacy goes? Like, is it too, was it, is there a time frame where it's too soon? I mean, what's your standard of what you would advise some of your uh, clients?
2: I well, if you're looking for a long term partner, and again, I'm not judging anybody who decides to take the relationship sexually to the next level on date one. That I don't advise. <laughs> <laughs> and if you've done it, and listen, my first marriage started with me. I was I was young and. Our first, I don't know, couple bottles of wine or whatever. And that's what happened. And I married that man. We're divorced now. So I don't know if that means anything. I think, you know, when it comes to intimacy, you want to be, make sure that you're both aligned with, with what the meaning of this intimacy, because for one person, it could just be to explore sexual compatibility. And for one person that could be the sign of exclusivity. So make sure that you're not, um, you know, on different pages when it comes to that. Cause a lot of emotions and feelings can be hurt as a result.
1: Okay. And then we have another question that came in and they're asking if you are dating and have not met up in person, how long should you wait to meet face-to-face if you are dating long distance and haven't met in person?
2: Say that again. I'm so sorry. Nope.
1: Nope. She's asking, um, if you are dating and have not met up in person, how long should you wait to meet face-to-face if you are dating long distance and haven't met in person?
2: If you're dating long distance and have not met in person, I think for sure you should be having video dates at minimum, right? Meeting up in person is real. Right now with COVID, uh, there's a different set of rules with COVID, right? Because I would never advise someone to meet uh, in person if they didn't already have the COVID talk. Assuming you had the talk, you both are in alignment to meet one another. It's really, what's your bandwidth for physical distance? Like in reality, can you comfortably be in a relationship that does not have uh, the physical component? Janie, some people can. Some people I have fallen in love and have dated from cross country and married, you know, when they physically met up. So I don't think that, that there is a one size fits all answer. I would say to you, that you would want to uh, make sure that your needs are being met um, both emotionally and physically for you. And that if there's any disagreement on what that time frame looks like, because you're just not on the same page or likely there could be, I don't want to say there's always foul play, but for me, if one of your core desires and core needs is physical intimacy and presence... And your partner's not meeting you there. That's something to seriously look at.
1: Okay. And I think um, that would make sense for most people. And this leads into another question that um, someone just sent me a message. If you, what's your advice towards people that, um, how they represent themselves in online dating, their pictures and using filters and all that that stuff. I mean, what's your advice as a matchmaker to how to best represent themselves so they don't mislead people and how they look?
2: I love this question because I take all of my clients through a personal branding and lifestyle photo shoot for the intent of having them show up as authentically as possible, but in their best light. I get lots of time to see you in your regular, normal, everyday self. Now, that does not mean that I do not take photos. I usually do a casual look or sporty, work related, professional, dinner attire so that you get a bit of 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 a range of photos for somebody to get an idea of your personality. Now, as far as filters are concerned, I'm not a fan of Snapchat filters, but I mean if you're posting an Instagram photo, fine, but just make sure that, you know, If if, if they see you in real life, you really want to look at your photo and really look at what you look like in person. And are they going to be a match? It doesn't work for you to mislead or misguide somebody because that's only going to set yourself up for failure and disappointment in person. And it's also a very negative experience for the person that you're dating because they're just as excited to meet this person they think they're meeting and then you show up which is totally different if you're if you're um, using the wrong kind of photos so be as natural as possible which is why Janie I ask people to take outdoor photos versus in studio because you have better natural lighting and look we look amazing by the way <laughs> but <laughs> we we probably look that way in person you know we're we we're, we made up a little bit but we're not you know, so made up that we could not be identified if, if you saw us in person.
1: And Christina is saying, um, these days, super hard to be on the same page of commitment with older age group. Where are the single
2: George Clooney's at
1: respectful, handsome, and professional. (laughs) (laughs)
2: If you know where they're at, I want to know where they're at too.
1: (laughs) We can start hiring with a matchmaker.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah
1: then um one uh qu- one other question that i see um coming in where would somebody start if they want to start dating and they don't and they're not necessarily they're not necessarily um close they're not necessarily tied to their geographic um, area do you recommend a matchmaker or online dating
2: I'm obviously going to recommend a matchmaker if your lifestyle is that you're busy. You meet those criteria. Typically, who hires a matchmaker is your busy professional, corporate executive, somebody that would rather have someone else vet them. If you've got all the time in the world, or you're dedicated to that time, then then just maybe you want to just work with a dating coach instead of a matchmaker. Well. You know, I'm I'm a fan of online dating. I think it's a great place. And there's many different sites that you can try. Um, one of the dating matchmaking apps that I'm attached to is an app called Sensio, uh, C-E-N-S-I-O for your listeners. And it's a matchmaking app based in LA, but it provides you one match at a time. Or you look at Hinge, or you look at eHarmony or Match.com, which are more relationship-based. Now, if you're more for the volume play or looks matter, we all know there's Tinder. We all know there's Bumble. So you can try a variety of dating apps. And one resource you can go to is a dating review app site. So there's a site called bestdatingsites.com. So it's a chance for you to go, okay, what are the best dating sites for Um, you know, single people, Jewish people, black people, athletic people, like they have niche sites for every scenario. So that's another interesting thing that you can do if you're looking to date online and then don't disregard all the organic opportunities, Janie, the grocery store, again, picking up your children at the daycare. If there's other parents around, you know, going to your kids games, taking a painting class. And guess what? Speed dating. There's so many pl- things that are singles based related. So pick up a hobby, pick up an interest and just get yourself out there.
1: So then from your experience, someone's asking what would be your top three recommendations for online dating or top three sites?
2: Oh, gosh. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's so blanket. I, you know, I'm going to just go with what's familiar. Well, Sensio is the one that I mentioned uh, for, for those of you who want to try a nap that gives one match at a time. Um, The league is popular for those who are interested in education based matchmaking and it, it links, it's linked into your profile. So the league is one. And then, I've had plenty of clients that have found lots of success on match.com. So I'm a fan of match for that reason. And they've now incorporated video and they're always investing in new platforms and lots and lots of people are familiar with it. So those are my top three.
1: Well, thank you so much, Carmelia. And we um, appreciate you taking the time and helping singles kind of understand the mastering the game of dating. Where can people find you if they want to seek your services or just follow you.
2: Thank you. They can find me on Instagram at Carmelia Ray and my website is carmeliaray.com. All right.
1: Because, you know, one of the things that I heard Carmelia say to us today is that dating doesn't have to be hard. And we want to remember the best thing you can do right now is look in the mirror and have an honest talk with yourself. You want to be able to look at yourself and say, I would date you because then you are truly ready to start dating. So until next time, thank you for joining us. This is your host, Janie Lacey.
0: Thank you for tuning in. Let's Talk About It can be heard live every Wednesday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time and 8 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Please join your host, Dr. Janie Lacey, for another edition of the show next week. Are you often attracted to unavailable partners? Feel like you can't stay but can't leave a toxic relationship? Obsessed with thinking about a current or former lover? Feel resentful that you're always taking care of the other person? The Woman Redeemed Therapy Program is for women who want to break free from toxic relationship patterns so they can find the love they truly deserve. This program is a safe, nurturing environment, essential for building self-worth and acquiring the tools to work through challenges and create your best self. We invite you to begin the journey today to start building the new you. Call 407-622-1770 or visit LifeCounselingSolutions.com. That's LifeCounselingSolutions.com.